So what can we learn from the Bible story today? Well, I'm going to ask Kathy just to put the reading back up on the screen. I don't know how big the words are going to be. We'll see. There we go. Not massive, but it's there just as a reminder, okay? So we're going to work this out together, okay? This is us working out our talk together this morning. And I asked you earlier, was there something in the story that surprised you or interested you or whatever it was? Maybe something you hadn't noticed before. So um, I'm going to ask Moritala to come and take the mic, and he's going to be my runner. Um, so I'm going to invite anybody who, thank you, who wants to say something, that you can add your thoughts to this. And I want to really encourage you um, at this point, just before we start, because we can definitely learn from each other. Um, if this story is something new to you, then you bring a fresh perspective on it. If you know it really well, then you might bring some extra knowledge or wisdom. The children and young people might pick out something different to the more mature of us here. And the amazing thing is God speaks to us through the Bible as individuals and as a church. So he might have something to say just for you in this story. And he might have something for us as a church as well. And the things he has for us as individuals, he will tailor make for us. So he, it probably won't be the same thing for everybody because he's really good like that, because he knows exactly what we need to hear. And it's exciting that Jesus has something to say to us. So let's listen to him and to each other. So Moritala has the mic. He's going to bring it around to anybody who would just like to offer a very simple thought or a question. So imagine this is like a super-sized home group where we sit together and read the Bible and make comments. There's just a lot more of us than normal. And there is no pressure for anybody to say anything, of course. But I really would encourage you um, to feel able just to say a little something. Um, so please don't be shy. No, um, one thing came to mind is that um, Jesus could have drawn all the fish he wanted out of the water, but instead he asked the fishermen to take part. He wanted to include them and ask them to do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. I that was interesting. Yeah. That God so, wants us to be a part of it. Yeah, that's right. He can do anything on his own, but he includes us and wants us to be involved with what he does, which is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, so what, what sort of caught my eye was um, signal to the partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they came and filled their boats so full that they began to to sink. I've never really thought about this before, but I'm wondering, that feeling that we get of overwhelm, sometimes, it, it, you know, that feeling of, how can God love me that much? And then the guilt, and the, oh, I don't deserve it. But it's, it's something we need to get a grip on, actually. We don't deserve it, but oh my word, we will be filled as full as we can bear it. Absolutely, that's wonderful. What happened to all the fishes? What happened to all the fishes? And that is a perfect question. And I have jotted something down about that. Because 
You are absolutely right. That's a brilliant observation. I don't know if, did anybody else think of that? Yeah, Kathy did. Okay, so what happened to all the fish? Because we saw that they kind of pulled up to the shore and then they just followed Jesus. So what do you think happened to the fish? Who was there on the, on the shore, maybe still? Well, Jesus, yes, was in a boat, but he just took the disciples away. Do you think the crowd was still there who had been listening to Jesus? I reckon nobody went, went hungry that day. I don't know. I reckon maybe the crowd was still hanging around and the fish were brought up onto the shore and people helped themselves and God provided for them for their, their lunch for the day. What do you think? Yeah, I reckon. I don't think they would have gone to waste. I love that question. Well done. Okay, next. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised that, that when Jesus said that all, that all the fish, they should put your net back down into the water, that you'll get all the fish. I'm surprised that that happened because it was a miracle that he said that would happen. Yeah, so that was a miracle, wasn't it? And we know that the fishermen had been out um, at night time, which is when they would normally go fishing, and there were no fish that night. And they were experienced fishermen. You know, they had all of all of the equipment, and they had the knowledge as well. So they knew it would be very unlikely to catch fish during the day where there were no fish. And yet, this miracle happens. And sometimes we think we know it all, don't we? But actually, Jesus knows all of it. Jesus knows everything, and he knew that the fish would be there and just where to go to bring in that catch. Thank you, Victoria. Kathy. It always amazes me that Jesus uses the laws of physics. Um, He could have made himself heard easily, but he pushes the boat out onto the water so the water reflects the sound back to the people. And uh, that that little, you know, oh, well, we made these laws, I'll use them sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. He knew just the right way to... Maybe give himself a little bit of distance from the people so they could all hear and he wasn't all crowded and that that sound would reflect so everybody could hear what he had to say. Just a small point, but it says at the end there, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Now, um, it's amazing that people like that, who rely on fish for a living, etc., suddenly decide, I've got to go with him. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that incredible? That Jesus provided abundantly, as Sham said, more than they needed, um, gave lots, and they were... um, had more than they could do. They could make lots of money to help pay their bills and so on. And yet, they walk away from everything there and then. So why, why would they do that? Why would they not go and sell their fish and then come back? I think it's because they knew that what Jesus had to offer them was better than all of those fish, all of the money that those fish would earn um, and the fish that they would eat for themselves and their families, that what Jesus... Um, was offering by them following him was worth more than money. And they incredibly just left it all there in the boats or on the shore, maybe to the crowds to enjoy, and off they went. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. 
I was surprised that Simon Peter was actually doing what Jesus asked him to do because I don't think I don't have the impression that um, he knew Jesus very well. So if somebody works, you know, he was the expert. Simon Peter was the mm -hmm. expert. He knew about fishing and he knew at at daytime you won't catch anything. And he tried in the night and then he just said, okay, if you say it, then I will try. But it sounded as if he wasn't convinced. So I was surprised that he was actually doing it. Yeah, put more effort in for, for no reason. Why would you do that? But he saw... He'd heard Jesus teaching, I suppose, what he was saying, and he saw something in him that he decided, against all the odds, that he would trust Jesus. Um, even though from his experience it made no sense, he still decided to trust in Jesus. That's incredible, isn't it, that you would do that? Thank you, Sonia. Any other thoughts? Yeah? Oh, thank you guys so much for joining in. All night they'd been fishing. So it was a long, long time. They'd been trying something over and over and over and over again. And then Jesus says, do it once more. And sometimes we try something over and over and over and over again and people say, oh, let's not try that again. We've done it. Let's forget about it. But maybe we need to try it just once more because the timing is right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to pull out one of my bouncy balls, because that's perseverance, isn't it? That's keeping going, even when you think there's no point, or you're, you're worn down and exhausted. Um, maybe you feel like you're a failure, that you've failed, that you can't do it, that you don't have the skills. But to keep going is really important. So I'm just going to bounce this ball again, because I really want to, to show that you keep on going. Look out, Moritala. <laughs> <laughs> it went all the way down from here. That's great. Uh, yes? Um, it's perhaps worthwhile just looking around the church and imagine this church turned upside down. And this part of the church we sit in, it's called the nave because it's based on the idea of it being a boat. And this actually is boat-shaped, this church. Turn it upside down and we could see ourselves as floating in a boat. And it's that boat which is called to act as witness to God's love. The other thing that's interesting is that we've got the um, James and John are sons of Zebedee. So perhaps the answer to what happened to fish is Zebedee had a big windfall while his partners went elsewhere and left him to struggle by himself. <laughs> But at least he had the fish there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. But I, if I had a gold star sticker, you would have it for that. So if you, if you do look up, look at this. We're in an upside-down boat. Isn't that fantastic? And not by chance. It's designed to be... Now, I did not know that. Oh, it's deliberate. Um, that is really amazing. And it's beautiful, actually. I don't know how often you do look up at our ceiling, but it is beautiful. And we... We are here as fisher people. Are there any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah, Dot. I thought there was sort of trust in that particular um, 
miracle because he wanted to try them that much so that he knew they would follow him. And so I think really sometimes we have to trust God quite a lot in all sorts of circumstances and to be there for us. So that's what I got out of that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Anything else? Do you know, I'm just going to add... Yes? Oh, yep. Go ahead, Lisa. Um, If the boat was massive, how much fish would there be? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, we don't know how big the boats were, do we? But they probably weren't huge. They're probably fairly small-ish. How many? I don't know. I guess there were enough to start sinking two boats. So I reckon that's a lot of fish. What should we say? Mm, 100,000? 50,000, 20,000? I don't know. Anybody want to hazard a guess? No, I don't know. It depends how big the fish were as well. That's a, that's a very good question. You could go and do some scientific research, couldn't you, later on on that, and come back next week and tell us how many fish you reckon it would take to sink two small boats. Do you reckon? Yeah, you could give it a try. Okay, and the, only, the other thought that I had was Simon saw that in Jesus, he saw holiness, didn't he? He saw that Jesus was different to him because he said he knelt down in front of Jesus and said I'm a sinner I do like I'm not a perfect person I make mistakes in my life and don't do the things that um the way that God wants me to do them that's what sin is basically and he recognized that he was very different from Jesus and Jesus could have done he could have said something along the lines of yes you are you're a bad person but of course he didn't say that he could have said, yes, you are, but, whatever. And what did he actually say? It's there. He just said, don't, was it, don't be afraid, follow me, and I'll make you, make you fishers of people. He basically, his response to, like, I am, I'm not worthy, was, do you want a job? <laughs> just like that. There were no conditions on it. There was no, once you've learned some things, or once you're better, or once you've um, made up for the things you've done wrong, or anything like that, then you can follow me. It was just straight away, come and have a job with me, and I've got a great job for you, and it will be worth it. And isn't that amazing? Isn't there a lesson there for us? We don't have to be worthy, because we can't ever be good enough. Um, We just have to say yes. That's a big thing, to be fair. But that's all that Jesus asks, is for us just to say yes when he invites us. Okay, we'll just do keep hold of the microphone because we are still going to need it. Um, but I want to ask, what do you think it means to fish for people? Because that's quite an odd thing to say, isn't it? So does anybody, this is, you know, we're not going to go super deep in this, but what does it mean for us to fish for people? Any ideas? Oh, yeah, David. Spread the gospel amongst as many people as possible. Yeah, to spread the gospel amongst as many people as possible. So the gospel is the good news of Jesus. 
just go out there and share that with people. Yeah, that's to, to fish for people. Um, I've heard, heard somebody say it's kind of to bring people to your side. Um, so to bring people along with you. So how do you think the disciples actually did this? How did they, they learn to do it? I think they just copied Jesus. I think Jesus taught them, and then they copied what he did. Um, they had a go. They tried. They practiced. And all of those things that we've talked about, and they, they got on and did it. You'll be pleased to know, probably, that there is a difference between fishing for fish and fishing for people. That's a, definitely a good thing, and it's important, actually, I think, to understand that. So with fish, when you go fishing on the river or the lake, we kind of try and trick the fish into eating our bait and getting hooked or snared so that we can reel them in and do whatever we want with them, okay? That is not what fishing for people is like. That's not what we do. Um, and I think there is sometimes a feeling that evangelism, which is telling other people about God, some people think that's what it's about, um, or that we try and do it for bad reasons, but really it's not like that. So I just wanted to be clear about a few things on that. And it's not because I think we would think those things, but it helps us to understand what other people might expect if we tell them about God. Because some people feel quite nervous about that, or they don't want to hear it, um, so I just thought I wanted to address that so that we understand where people might be coming from. So we don't force our opinions on other people or try and make them believe what we believe. We should, nobody should ever feel pressurized when we talk to them about Jesus because that is not what Jesus did. It's not like trying to coerce people into believing something, but some people might think that. And actually, this is for us. We don't do it to try and earn God's approval. We can't earn his love or forgiveness or acceptance by anything that we do. That comes from Jesus dying on the cross so that we are free to accept his love, forgiveness, and acceptance. So there is no place for guilt or worry when we think about doing this, telling other people about Jesus. And believe it or not, this is going to be a tough one for you, I know. We don't tell other people so that they will join our church and fill the coffee rota and the Sunday club rota, <laughs> as helpful as that is. We don't do it for selfish reasons. Um, so understanding why we do want others to know about Jesus is important. And I think we can come up with some good reasons pretty easily. And I Definitely think having, you know, being a Sunday, one of the Sunday club leaders, I know that the children are really good at this and young people. So I wonder if you can think of some, some simple good reasons why we would want other people to know about Jesus. Not a trick question. This is kind of the basics. So what do you think? So Marie Tala still has the microphone. Okay, and we're going to try and whip through this fairly quickly, but have you got any, any reasons? Sham? Yep, 
Yeah, I know. I've always got something to say, haven't I? <laughs> I think for me, um, the reason I, I am keen is that I suffered a lot. I suffered a lot. And I didn't have God by my side, to my knowledge. Um, and if there's anything I can do to share how it fel- feels to be loved and accepted, um, I don't want anyone to suffer any longer than I did. Yeah. That's a, a great reason. It's, be, it's because we've, we, have, we have experienced it ourselves and you want other people to experience that good thing too. And we've all done this before, I'm sure, because if you've been to see a really good film or you've gone to a really good restaurant or a really fantastic National Trust property or read a really good book... I bet you've told somebody else about it because you think they might enjoy it too. It's simple. We all, we all do it, don't we? Um, it's natural to share something good that you've enjoyed with somebody else. Um, so actually, we're probably quite good at doing it with different things in life. Um, and it's just the same with sharing your experience that you have with Jesus with other people so that they can benefit as well. Have we got any other good reasons? You've all gone quiet. Have I worn you out? I think I might have done. Well, I think that is one of the main reasons, so that he can live in other people's lives and he can help them and guide them and comfort them just as he does us. I think it's so that other people can live forever in heaven, which is the promise that he gives us when we accept him into our lives. And, you know, Jesus did command us to do it, to go and make disciples across all the nations or followers. And we do it not because we feel we have to, but because we really want to. We want to be obedient to him um, and to enjoy that, doing that as well. Okay, we are done with the microphone. Thank you. So at the beginning of the service, we looked at my fishing tackle box and... I'm just going to hold a few things up and see if you think they might be useful for fishing for people, okay? I'll just pick a few. Is the sun hat going to be helpful? Probably not. I mean, he might look cool and then, you know, I don't know. I'm going to put that over there, I don't reckon. Snacks useful? Mm, maybe. Maybe sharing some food with somebody would be a good way of um, having a conversation with them. So, yeah, maybe. For a cheese and onion. Um, How about the calendar which represents practice? Yeah. It's something we've got to, you know, got to practice and keep doing. And the same with the bouncy ball. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Um, now, what about the fishing hook? This is a bit of a weird one. Yeah? Do you think a hook? Not like an actual hook. I, my, I don't know. My thoughts. Here's my thought. That looks a bit like a J, which is the start of Jesus. So maybe the, the hook is Jesus in a positive way that 
pulls people in because he's the one that draws people to himself. We are very graciously asked to help him along, but he can do it all by himself. Um, and we help him to do that. And he's, I guess, something to do with the bait as well. The bait is something that will interest people or that will meet their need. Um, and that's tailored, that has to be tailored to different people. So if we know that somebody has a particular interest, is there something that we can relate Jesus to in that? Or do they have a particular need that we know Jesus could meet through us or directly? So that's how we kind of catch people is we, we understand them and go to them and meet their needs. And I'll leave you to think about the other things because there's so many and I do want to move on. So we're going to um, just do a, a fairly short activity, okay, because I really want us to think about now, it would be frustrating to sit here and talk about fishing for people, but not actually think about how we're, who we want to fish for, how we might do it. So I'm going to ask um, if some people will just help to hand out some papers and I'm just wondering where I put them now oh yep there we go okay so there's a piece of paper for everybody so if some of the children could help and you need a pen or a pencil and if you've got one of your own that's great but we have spares so if you could just hand out as many as you can so it's one per person thank you yeah Thank you. You can share those. So quick as you can, okay? And this is, um, we're just going to have a song on the screen or video in the background. If you need, oh yeah, I'll talk, I'll talk about that in a minute. If you need a pen, stick your hand up. That's probably, probably best. And Marie Tyler can come and help. There's instructions on one side of what to do, fish on the other, Um and it's just thinking about who are the people that you might fish for, pray about it. Ask Jesus, who are the people that I could be telling, telling about Jesus? And if you already are, because I'm sure loads of us are, then you, you can write their names on the fish as well. So it's just kind of a reflective um, little thing to do. That's just for you to take away with you. We're not going to talk about it or share it. We're just going to have this song on for probably like two minutes, I reckon. Um, I'll leave you to get on and do that.